Well, welcome to A Coach's Perspective. Oh, check, check your watch. Check your time. Wait a minute. She's early. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm very rarely early. But I tonight, I am. And, we, it, and it, for an exciting reason, because Bears baseball is getting ready to take them out. But during the time in between games, we are going um, to have A Coach's Perspective. And we appreciate uh, you letting us come in a little bit early tonight so that we can we can celebrate. We have a great show put together for you tonight, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They are serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services. You're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we are very grateful for that we will talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy, Greg Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So I'm going to recap a little bit from our last show. Last week, we talked about starting a program from scratch. And we had Greenwood Baseball head coach Chris Adams in here, and he needs to write the book on how to do that. He's generated a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. Uh, they went 12-7 and seven and played for a district championship in their very first historical season and so coach Chris Adams was here he was here with his staff coach Tim Williams was here Travis Zarichi was here and then players Tommy Pinniger and Chance Rose talked about what it was like to play a historical first season uh, for a sport that um, you know they they have tried to they've wanted to have baseball for a long time um, and I think it's a it was very interesting on how he started that program and, and how you built he built it from scratch in just such a short amount of time. You can go listen to that episode um, on the website at coachesperspective.com. You can also subscribe to the website. Um, we, we hit over 1,200 subscribers this last week. And so go in there and you can see the show lineups and what's coming up and you can get some previews and you can also get some bonus podcasts. Um, it's under previous shows. You can listen to it there. You can also listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, and we are now on Helium Satellite Radio. All of that under a coach's perspective. So tonight, we are welcoming a dynamic duo on the airwaves. I probably, you know, we could play Name That Voice if we had to, and I bet the majority of sports fans in Southwest Missouri would do very well with that. We have in the studio tonight Don West and Mike McClure, and they've been broadcasting games together for decades, and they have hit over a thousand games. I have a thousand and seven. Is that accurate? That's it. All right, woo, thousand and seven. And tonight we're going to kind of celebrate that, but we're also going to kind of dive into kind of what it takes to be compatible in the broadcasting world when you are working with someone on air, you have to have a little bit of chemistry, you have to have a little bit of flow. Um, I'm pretty confident you all have that mastered. So first off, um, I want to welcome you all to the show and thank you for coming in and coming in an hour early tonight. Celebrate. We love it. Good to see you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited because I have had the honor of working with each of you. And, you know, as as kind of a, a, a newbie, can I say newbie after mm -hmm. these last few years, um, I've always enjoyed, you know, stealing from different broadcasters and stealing different things. And I have definitely stolen some characteristics that you all have, just like coaches, you know, will always say, I stole this drill. I stole this play. I've stolen a lot, some characteristics that both of you um, have. I don't use a yellow legal pad yet, but that's, that could be coming. We'll keep working on <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> that could be coming because I, I do enjoy um, looking at the preparation that you have. But I'm going to start um, with you, Don, because I want some stats out there to right. begin with. And you're the stat guru. 
Um, so give me the, the, the numbers for you and Mike have called together 1,007 games. That's a lot of games. Um, would you tell me a little bit about um, how the very first game that you all called and tell me when that was? So May 11th, 1996 was our first game together. And Mike invited me down to Monette. That district tournament may have been an Aurora that year. Neither one of us can really remember, but <laughs> it's been 26 years. But uh, I had first come across Mike in the football press box at Missouri State in about 1994 and then the next year too and uh, by 95 we kind of introduced ourselves and figured out we had something in common and and uh, liked what we did and we thought uh, maybe a, a partnership might be a, a good idea and it turned out it was and how many sports have you broadcast with mike mm-hmm. uh, all but two or three that i've done i guess so i guess maybe seven or eight because i've done 11 that's tremendous and a thousand seven started in 96 and Went to um, two weeks ago, I believe you had a game together. Is that correct? Number 1,000 was yeah. about, oh, maybe three weeks ago. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I know that we've talked a little bit. I've had both of you on the show before, and we talked about kind of what, what how you got into broadcasting and what you love about it. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about um, what you love about working with each other because that's, you know, we're, we're talking tonight about broadcasting partnerships and, and celebrating that. So, um, Mike, I want to ask you that first. You know, how has this partnership worked? How's the chemistry with Don West and, and his style of broadcasting fit with yours? We bring out the best in each other, and we want to make sure every broadcast is like the Super Bowl. We shouldn't really treat it that way, but we do. For the prep work, because it's not about Mike, it's not about Don, it's about those kids that are on the field or court or wherever they're playing, and they're busting their tails. They've practiced for hours. They're doing their best, so we need to do our best behind the microphone. So we go over our notes, and inevitably, I certainly have made mistakes on the notes, and sometimes Mike does too, but we, we correct each other, make sure everything's right and, and comes out the way it's supposed to. What did he just say? He make he makes him what you oh, make yeah. a mistake. 2012 I, was the what? last one he made. Oh yeah, Lot, <laughs> lots and lots every game. Well, last time you were on the show, we were celebrating you know your your Missouri Sports Hall of Fame induction, and uh, you know I told uh, I said that we had put together a blooper reel of yes. Don West, and I said let's roll that. And I looked at our studio producer at the time, and he had a blank look on his face, and I said, oh that's right, there are no bloopers <laughs> because he doesn't make mistakes. And I I remember thinking you know that that was funny, and it was you know we joked. But you really are that prepared that even if you do make a mistake, a lot of times, you know, you, you cover it uh, very well. And I, I think that's a trick of the trade. Yeah, hopefully you can cover it kind of seamlessly and uh, you have to learn how to do that because there's a right way to fix a mistake and, and a wrong way. And you can't go back because you've done it either on live radio or television or Internet or something that you can't go back and record over. So you got you to gotta fix it. So there's... There's a right way to do that, and and you kind of got to learn how to do that. So, so t- tell me, what is a blooper that stands out in the past that, that you have had? You, have you got one that you had to cover that you want to put yourself out there? And oh, I, yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I come up with one, we, I'll, we can come I'll back. To, we can come back to that question. We can come back to that question. But you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is, you know, if you're listening out there, you know, even if you are an employer and you hire employees, or you um, you're having to work on a team, or you're working with someone, it it is so important to be able to value that partnership and have those characteristics and know what it takes to complement each other and how you pair people up to work together as a team. 
And, and I think, and if you, if you're a coach out there listening too, I mean, you know what that's like, you know, you got to take, you want to make sure you're making a beautiful puzzle. So you got to have the right pieces. And, and I think that's something that is, is, is nice. So he was complimentary. Uh, uh, Mike talked about working with you, Don. Tell me what is it that you like working with Don? His, or pre- with Mike? his preparation is just unmatched. I mean, he puts so much time and effort into every game, whether it's a, a basketball game in December or a state championship or a national tournament game or whatever just puts a, a vast amount of work into into getting it right and making it sound right well and and when you have a quality broadcast it is important to know that there has been a lot of work put into that um, a lot of people don't realize that you know you don't just show up and, and grab a roster and sit down and call a game it takes so much more than that if it's going to be a quality broadcast and and it takes a lot of preparation on not just on the court or on the field, you know, and knowing the statistics and the players and a little bit of background of what, you know, maybe the tendencies of the coaches, but also off the field and telling, I like to call it, you know, Don has all of these wonderful little nuggets that he likes to share every game. Um, how do you do that homework? How do you find out some of that information um, when you are preparing for a game? You ask questions. You talk to the coaches. You talk to sports information directors. You talk to the players. Sometimes you talk to mom and dad. Sometimes you talk to the referees. I mean, everybody is a source of information, but you have to be the one that goes to dig that information up before the game. It's not going to be handed to you. Right. And the other answer to that is you'll live it. You live it every day. You go back to things that happened 20, 25 years ago because you remember that they happened. And maybe it becomes relevant because the the child of that player 25 years ago is playing in a game now. So you, you, you remember that stuff and you... Right. And then you gotta, you gotta fact check too. You gotta make sure that you, you know, make sure that, uh, the, the information that you're receiving is for the broadcast. That's part of the, the preparation as well as you might have someone tell you a, a little nugget or a fun fact, but then you've got to go and you've got to investigate that to make sure that it's credible for the broadcast. So that takes extra time as well. But while you're doing all this, don't forget to tell the score and the time and who's leading and where you're at in the ball game. Don't make me wait 10 minutes while I'm listening on the radio to tell me what the score is. Right. You can Please. never give the score enough. Even if you think you're giving the score <laughs> enough, you're not. Okay, <laughs> That is so true. So give it more. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I, I have listened to broadcasts sometimes going, what's the score? Tell us the score. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Okay, so longevity is what we're kind of celebrating with, you know, that, that this chemistry that you all have um, as coworkers has been um, tremendous. Um, the quality, though, is the focus, not just the quantity. The quality of your broadcasts, um, I think, is, is really important. And as veteran broadcasters, you know, what do you think makes that quality broadcast? What is it that you feel like um, that the listeners want to hear when they're listening to a sports broadcast? Something they don't know. You got to make them learn something by by listening to work that you've done. That's the main thing. Don't just say where the ball is. There's nothing hard about that. You got to you got to make the listener learn something. Maybe you educate them on the rules. Maybe something there was a play that happened and you knew what the rule is and you're describing it and the average listener may or may not be aware of, "Oh, that's how that rule is interpreted." And being up to date on those rules. Yeah, because it changes. Yes. Absolutely. That's what Mike's good at is going to an official before a season starts every year and saying, okay, what's new this year? What do we need to watch for? What's different about either, you know, football or what's new about the basketball season? What are the points of emphasis? We've both been officials. We've both worn the stripes. So, so we know what to ask about 
about basketball anyway. That's true. So stuff that's like true. that. That is uh, that's a great point to make, and I, I I appreciate that because it does. I think when you've had other roles in sports, it does help the broadcast and bring a different mm-hmm. angles to it. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take um, we're going to take our next break. We also want to thank Highland Dairy. Um, they are are owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. Scientific studies and professional dietitians have proven that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk, and Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate, and they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. All right, we have Mike McClure here. We have Don West here. We are celebrating over a 1,000 broadcasts. How incredible is that? We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Well, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This segment is sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction, they've been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Family-owned and operated, this business puts a personal touch on all of its full-service commercial and industrial projects. Visit their website at story.com, S-T-O-R-E-E.com. All right, we have Mike McClure and we have Don West here in the studio, and I'm, we're celebrating over a thousand broadcasts, a thousand and seven to be exact, over their career, the decades that they have spent on the airwaves as broadcasters. Both of these Hall of Fame broadcasters have um, been no stranger. If people recognize your voice, then you know that um, that you've been on the airwaves a lot. And I want to start off this segment by talking a little bit about some of the maybe fa- favorite memories that you have had together because you've. You've been able to call a lot of different sports at a lot of different um, venues and at, at high school and college level. So, um, Mike, I'll start with you. What's one of the favorite memories you've had calling games with Don? So, favorite memory or favorite game or one of the one of the favorite same. memory? Gosh, How about the high school baseball game in Golden City when we could just see the thunderstorm rolling in. Yeah, and we knew that we had okay. We got about thirty <laughs> minutes before it hits. We've got about ten minutes before it hits and. The umpires are watching and we're watching. I mean, I have never seen it rain so hard in my entire life. We got the equipment covered, but I mean, it was we are out in a field in Golden City and you you could see miles and miles to the west. I don't know why <laughs> you I still could see the game. lightning and it had to be 50 miles away. And then it just kept steadily getting closer and closer until it was uh, too close to keep playing. <laughs> and I think I had to go yes, back did. to Golden City this was, I think, on a Saturday. I had to go back on a Monday and finish the game because it got suspended, and Mike couldn't go that day. So I went by myself back <laughs> to Golden City and played the last couple of innings. That was fun. And a Monette Softball State Championship here in Springfield on a Saturday. Got delayed by weather, so I got to start the game. Did a couple of innings, but I had to leave to go do Missouri Southern football on a Saturday. So Don and Dave Beckett finished the rest of the Monette Softball game and that was yep. nice. You were in the right place at the right time there. We did a baseball game one time. I won't mention the teams. Final score was 39-2, to two, so that oh. was fun. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> my goodness, wow. I mean, and, and a lot of the um, outdoor venues, obviously weather is always a factor that you have to try to plan for. Um, indoor, not as much. Um, however, sometimes with icy roads, I mean, mm-hmm. indoor does does play into a factor. But weather is something that you always have to kind of prepare for as well. That's why basketball is my favorite sport. <laughs> Indoors, <laughs> 72 degrees, no wind, no rain, no snow, and you know how to dress every game. Right. You can play <laughs> it an hour and a half. And, and that too. <laughs> 
High school, well, anyway. They, one of the things I saw on the statistic sheet um, that Don West has, has compiled is one of the venues that you called in was Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. And, you know, one of my sponsors is uh, Greg and Melinda Burnett. So tell me what game that was that you called at Arrowhead Stadium. Greenwood Football State Championship game in 1986. I went up with Rob Evans. They had played at Cass Midway in the semifinals. So we went from Cass Midway to Arrowhead for <laughs> for the next game. And that was against uh, Marceline and Greenwood beat Marceline in the 86 championship. For some reason, we were a little late getting on the air and we came on the air in the second quarter of the game. And Rob said, it's your quarter. Go ahead. You're, you're going to start it. So Rob let me start it. And I thought that was pretty special from him. That's very cool. Um, yeah, so I, I think that is a, that's a great memory to be able to be at Arrowhead Stadium, and how fun was that? That was great. Mike and I worked the Marionville State Championship game in the Dome in St. Louis, so getting to work in NFL facilities is, is pretty cool. It is, definitely. I, and it's such a great perspective to be able, you know, you could, and I will be really honest with you. I've, I've listened to a lot of your broadcasts, and it doesn't matter if you are at a, um, a field in Golden City or if you are at Arrowhead Stadium, <laughs> yeah. you all are bringing the, the same quality broadcast. And I, I think that's really important. And I think that's a, a lesson as well that we can take from this show is is whatever job you're doing, um, whether it's at work or, or whether it's in a sport or whether it's practice versus a game, you know, you have to put your full effort into it. Um, that, and that's what that's what makes a, a quality Don't. Don't take a night off. Don't take a day off. Don't take a game off. You're there to Don't do a job. Don't take a drill off. Yeah. Yes. Do it well. For me, uh, the first battle for Bell that we did uh, in Howard Bell's honor was maybe the best game I've ever done. Uh, I went and talked to Howard for about two hours at his house to get ready for the game. And this is when he's already afflicted with ALS. And, and uh, he had six months to the day left uh, at the time of this game. Uh, so it was... Uh, September of 2012 and Mike did sideline reporting and he interviewed Howard during the game and I worked with Tom Mast in the booth and uh, and it was just the most meaningful thing that I've ever put on the airwaves and and the the just unbelievable part about it was everything fell into place when I was telling a story I got three more foul balls so I could finish the story before the inning was over. It's like Howard knew that I had to get the story in, so he orchestrated what was going to happen during the game. And it was a good, close game. It was 4-2 to two, Missouri State, and Drury scored first, so they had the lead for a few minutes, and it was perfect. It was the most perfect thing we've ever put on the air. That is, that is incredible. It's also incredible that all of these memories and these stats and these scores and these opponents come right out of your head. You're not reading any notes. You're not, you know, and I think that is amazing to me. That's the part of living it. (laughs) Yes. And when Um, it means something to you, remember it. And, and I think it it also says something about the level of engagement that, you know, you do have this memory because you were engaged, you were very present. um, And that's another reason that I think that both of you have such longevity in these, in, in your professions. One of the things I also am always curious about is when you are um, preparing for your contests. Um, you know, when when you see a team that's that's taking the field for a championship game, or whether it's just a, reg- a regular season game, um, do you have a different feel sometimes from from coaches and from players when you interview them 
on some of those different levels of games. So you've got a regular season game versus a championship game. Sure, and the coaches don't admit it. They try <laughs> to treat it like it's just the next game, but they yeah. know, and the, the student-athletes know that too. It's mm-hmm. not just another game. If it's a state championship game or a district championship game, you hope in your mind that's the way it goes with these athletes, but they know they're, they're smart enough, and the coaches are too. That is true. That is true. Um, you know, yeah, I have to say, as as a coach, I, I would always say treat this like just the next game, another day at the office. Mm-hmm. One of the phrases I like to use in a like that game: the first team that gets to normal will have a good chance to win. <laughs> not <laughs> normal Illinois. No, not normal Illinois. But the team that treats this like a normal game, right. how they got to this, how they have thirty wins in a regular season, and they're just looking for win number thirty-one now because they're treating it as a normal game. So. Well, one of the things I always ask um, athletes and, and coaches, too, is like, what is that one play in your sport that when it happens, you you know, it is such a rush or you're so excited or you're so, you know, you're so pumped up. Is there anything as a as a broadcaster that happens during um, games, whichever, whichever sport it is, that you're like, oh, this is amazing? Um, is there anything that happens that really kind of gets you all fired up? The home run is probably the greatest thing in sports that I do. Uh, especially a, a dramatic one, and we've had plenty of those over the years. But getting getting a call like that is pretty cool. One of the Missouri Missouri State college baseball games that we did on they've been had to be ESPN three ESPN plus. The Missouri State outfielder makes this diving catch toward the wall. It turned out to be the ESPN top play of the day, and you could kind of <laughs> hear whoever had it. You I don't remember who had the play by play that night, but you could hear. You know, the ESPN guys were talking over it, but it's like, holy moly, that's the play that I called earlier tonight. It is now the ESPN top play of the day. You just kind of go. Okay. And another Missouri State baseball game that we were doing, uh, the walk-off home run by the Bears made the Bears video that Mm -hmm. Steve Wynn put together that is on their all-time memories, the one that ran on PBS for, for the history of the program. Right. And just this year for the Bears-Tigers, Missouri left fielder fell down. Missouri State won three runs in the ninth inning, and all Don said is, and it drops, referring to the ball. (laughs) And bounced over the fence, and then we sat quietly for about 30 or 40 seconds and let the moment sink in. Because that's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Right, right, yes. and, and And that's emotion that's right there in the moment that you're bringing to the airwaves too. Um, it's not artificial. You're not trying to. I mean, that's what I think is nice about your broadcast too is that there's a genuineness that you are you are reporting it as it's happening with those emotions. Emotional stuff. It all is. It Kids was, are out there putting it all out there, so we better be on top of our game too. That's right. No pressure. All right, so at, at the end of the show tonight, I'm going to, you know, have a, a post-game talk. And the reason I do a post-game talk is because that's, you know, this is a call to coaches' perspective. And at the after games, you know, coaches, they have post-game talks. What can you learn from this game? What can we do to be better? What can we challenge ourselves with? Um, what kind of post-game talks do you all have after broadcasts? You um, reflect or process, or we could have done this better, we could have done that better, or this was really good, or I loved it when this happened. What kind of um, post-game talk do you all have as broadcasters? Gosh, usually we start talking about the next game. <laughs> if we're working on the next night, if we're working a semifinal and we're working a championship game, we'll already start talking about, okay, 
this is what we're looking for tomorrow night. So we don't really don't dwell too much on what just happened. We just look ahead to the next game. And that's my that's how my brain works, I guess, right or wrong. I'll go home and my wife will say, What was the score? Oh, I don't know, Monet won. Because I'm already <laughs> thinking I'm already thinking of names and numbers and memorizing for the next broadcast. And for me, if you have a bad game and that happens, that happens every year. You, and I'll be brutally honest here, you say to yourself, you admit you suck and you mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes you have a bad game and you just got to get over it. and You got to move to the next game just like a player does. Right. So right. It, it happens to us too. We have bad games. We say the wrong things. We know it. And then we try to stew over it after the game mm-hmm. and you can't do that. Right. Right. That's right. You got to let it go because <laughs> you, you don't have control over it. So you do, you have to kind of let it go. And it, it's kind of like, um, I, I mentioned earlier in the first segment about how I don't realize sometimes when you make mistakes, both of you, because you, you cover it well, you gloss right onto the next thing. And it's kind of like when a player makes a turnover, if they hustle back and they grab a steal or they hustle back and they, you know, they're in position and, and they're going so hard, you don't even remember their mistake. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of the similar thing is that you overcome that. All right. So one of the things I, I wanted to wrap up with is that I know there's a lot of young up and coming broadcasters um, that are in the area and, you know, and out of the area that may be listening to this um, live or, or on the podcast. Tell me, you know, some of that advice that you would give them as not just um, about being into broadcasting. We, we've talked about that before, but being a good broadcasting partner for being someone that is that can work with anybody um, but be able to be a good partner in, in a broadcast duo? That's an easy question. Okay, good. Check your ego at the door. Oh, the excellent. Very excellent. much. I, I can't top that, really. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, like, like I've said before, find a partner like Mike that has a common interest and you have common goals and, and, uh, and all that. But, uh, yeah, don't, don't try to be the – the top dog, just be a part of a team like a player is. Right. Absolutely. Um, cause it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who scores, right? As long as the team scores, right. yep. that's, that's the, that's what we're supposed to say or what it doesn't matter. You know what the back of the Jersey says, what the front of the mm-hmm. Jersey says, <laughs> you know, team, team, as long as you can read the number, right? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, well, I appreciate you all being here tonight. We're going to continue. Can you stick around for another segment? Sure. One more. Excellent. I appreciate that. And so we're, we're going to take another break. And I want to thank Springfield Yard Cards for sponsoring this segment as they celebrate your special life moments. And they put a personal touch by displaying a unique greeting right in your front yard. Visit sgfyardcards.com for more information. And we will be right back for our final segment here on A Coach's Perspective with Don West and Mike McClure. coach's perspective and yes it is a little bit early for this show to be airing and uh, but we are excited to be here and we're excited to also cheer on Bears baseball that's going to be coming on here in just a little bit but we are celebrating tonight with Mike McClure and Don West they are here in the studio with us and we appreciate them we also want to thank our sponsors for this segment Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio we are also appreciate Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance and Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar they know cars trucks SUVs service and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal i've been one of them for over 25 years kelly grant and shane rainey will take care of you give them a call 
326-7671. We appreciate West Logging as well, westlogging.com. Call Danny West for a free consultation so that he treats your land like his own. All right, so Mike McClure and Don West, over a 1,000. I mean, it, to me, that is just an incredible amount. And, and I believe, Don, your total broadcast over probably 4,200, 4,300, I Yeah, guess. close to 44 now. And Mike's right there, too. Incredible. Um, and I remember when I was um, on the Missouri Basketball Coaches Association, we selected Mike McClure to go into the Hall of Fame. Don, you are also in that NBCA Hall of Fame. But I remember reading your resume and thinking, Oh my goodness, does he ever sleep? Or no. does he just have a tent that he goes from field to field? <laughs> um, and it always was just absolutely amazing to me how you fit in the time. Um, you know, you've called with Missouri Southern, you know, Monette, um, Mount Vernon. You, I mean, tell me how it is that you, I know that Missouri Southern obviously has hired you. I know that you work with Monette and you work with Mount Vernon. Tell me how, what it is about um, getting those gigs that's important to you because a couple of those places are, well, all of those places are special to your heart. Well, Monette, because it's my alma mater. Right. Missouri Southern, because when I first started in 1985, one of the first people I went to was the late Don Gross, who had broadcast Missouri Southern games for decades. And I told him, I'm new at this. I would like to just watch and learn. He was kind enough to let me sit in the football press box with him. And, I mean, it was broadcasting 101 because he pretty much worked solo. Now he kept his own stats, and he literally just took me under his wing and could not have been any nicer to me. There was a game I filled in for him when he had a relative pass away, and it was a really nice game because you remember the name Rod Smith for the Denver Broncos. Rod had a really good game that day against Truman State, and it was a good game <laughs> to fill in on. It was just fun. They're, they're good people in Joplin. They've got really good coaches now, a new athletic director. I'm very excited to be a part of that family and just all the high school stuff. And the first Mediacom game I had with Don, I was just thrilled. I mean, it was something new to me. I'd never done TV before. It always just been radio. So to get to see the TV side and what they did at the many names it's been before Mediacom, all uh-huh. that was just a thrill. It's just adding to the resume. Right. I loved it. And when ESPN expanded, you were one of the first broadcasters in the area several years ago to broadcast on ESPN three for the mm-hmm. first time. And, um, and you know, and you've, you've, you, as you said, you've done high school, you've done college. What's the biggest difference between those broadcasts of high school and college? At the college level, the information is a little more readily available because of the Internet and because of media guides and things like that. At the high school level, obviously, you don't have access to that much information. You try to find it, but it's a little, say, easier to do a college broadcast than it is a high school broadcast. And also the level of play, the increased level of the athlete skill level helps a better broadcast too because sometimes some high school games can get a little long and they make <laughs> a few more mistakes than the college kids but that's okay it's 16 17 18 year old kids out there having fun it's, you know, it's supposed to be a game and sometimes we as broadcasters and we as fans forget that it is a game it's not life or death it's what what are you saying <laughs> i don't mm. understand chill out, chill out chill out <laughs> But I, I do also think that one of the big difference. I mean, college, you always have a great atmosphere. You know, you have the students, you have the community. But, but that high school atmosphere, like um, Don and I have talked about often, one of our favorite things to call is the class one, two, three state oh, yeah. championships because the whole community is there mm-hmm. rallying behind. And that's one of the things sports does for a community that makes it um, yeah. enjoyable. In, in 85, when I started around like 86, 87, 88, it was like Purdy or Wheaton or some of these smaller schools <laughs> that always got to the championships, whether it was volleyball or basketball. And you're right. The entire community goes to the game. It's a, I love small 
high school sports. I really do. And I got connected with Art Haynes at the end of my first season in 1986. And Art and I sat at Hammond Center and did three straight state championship basketball games in a row on three different Missouri radio stations. <laughs> and I'm sitting there getting my baptism. And, I mean, how cool was that for me? It was well, spectacular. Yeah. Well, I, I did mention before um, that I have stolen characteristics from each of you through broadcasting um, and from like Art Haynes and Corey Riggs. And I, I've tried to, to have a, a very open mind when it comes to, you know, developing my own skills as a broadcaster. Um, who were some of your mentors? Who helped you along the way? as far as developing and growing in your broadcast skills? Certainly art at the very beginning for me. Uh, he came back to Springfield the year I started, so that was a good time. Everything on my part's just been good timing. I just came, mm-hmm. came along at the right time to, to get started. But uh, art certainly, and Rob Evans was a, a big help in the very beginning too. And just uh, what made me interested to begin with was listening to Jack Buck do the Cardinals, just uh, having that kind of... Uh, loyalty to your team like he had had and and uh figuring out that i kind of might want to do that too you know on a much smaller level well well the energy that he brought through the airwaves was was incredible that definitely was motivating yeah i had to watch a a youtube thing that was uh put out by st louis tv uh, when they put jack in the hall of fame in 87 there's an hour-long thing out there if you want to really be moved by a a broadcasting story go find that jack buck inducted into the hall of fame on st louis tv and i think i remember that video because he mentioned i'm not with my team today and i miss being i miss broadcasting cardinal baseball today because i'm not with my team the day he got inducted into cooperstown (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) um okay well let's talk uh, do you have any mentors tell me about your mentors mike kind of same well, I grew up 40 miles apart. It's not like we were in different parts of the country. So, uh, as I mentioned, Don Gross, Art, whose wife is from Monette. I don't know if you can throw out right. trivia. Lisa Davis, and they've been married. They got married the day after my high school graduation. <laughs> so you think high school graduation is a pretty big deal in a small town? Well, it wasn't the biggest event that weekend. In it was Art and Lisa <laughs> getting married in Monette that weekend. <laughs> there you go. Very good. So let's uh, let's take another turn. Let's talk a little bit about pet peeves that you have as broadcasters. Um, and it could be a pet peeve about, I know one of Don's. Don hates it when the uniform number colors are similar. Mike's me. worse than me. Oh, is that one of your <laughs> pet peeves? My too? eyes are five years older than his. <laughs> so tell yes. me about that. Tell me about your, some of your pet peeves. How about when broadcasters say the losing team score first? You see that on Twitter all the time, and that's just, ugh. <laughs> can't even can't even look at it hardly. Right. Give the winning score first, please, no matter who your team is. <laughs> that's the correct way to do it. Very good. Any like, others? Pet peeve is announcers who don't give the score. Or say who's ahead. Yes. Just You can give a score, but if I just tuned in two seconds ago and you gave the score and you don't tell me who's ahead, right. then I still don't know anything. Set the scene yes. because you've got people that are turning that button on or just now tuning in. Maybe they were outside at the grocery store. They're coming back in or they're getting in their car listening. You've, just, you've got to tell every listener you're just set the scene. Boom. Paint that picture. Paint the picture. Yes. 
And that takes some, you know, that takes some creativity. Uh, I know that, you know, you have to talk about the environment and you're trying to, like you said, literally paint the picture of what they are doing um, and what that environment entails so that the listener can feel like they are sitting right Mm -hmm. there. Um, Don and his lovely gray shirt and black collar. Anything to add to that? (laughs) There you go. That's the idea. (laughs) That's the idea. Set the scene, give the score a lot and, uh, and, and paint the picture. All right. So let's, Let's talk about some some of your dreams. I mean, you've gotten you know this beautiful career that you all have. Your your Hall of Famers. You you are at um, the peak. You've been at the peak for a long time of your career, and will will stay there for a while. Um, but tell me who some of your your dream games are. So if you two could call a um, a game, any sport, any level, um, what would it be? Missouri State basketball in the NCAA tournament. That, that might be pretty high. Pretty good. Maybe they'd be playing the Razorbacks. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. There you go. Bears and the Razorbacks. Okay, the NCAA <laughs> tournament. And any any sport, basketball, or are you talking football? Any sport? We'll start with men's basketball yeah. and go from okay. there. Could, could we share the 18th Tower at Augusta? Okay, I'll do that. We're, we're going to nice. dream. That's... Nice. <laughs> that would be good. Any others? Hmm. Oh, Super Bowl. That, that the fun. Chiefs are in. That the Chiefs are in. See, there we go. We yeah. are writing the script already <laughs> for sure. Okay, what about if you? Okay, we've got a halftime interview for you coming down the pipe. You're going to be interviewing coach. Who would it be? Who would you want to interview? Dream coach interview. Don't say dream it. coach. I would love to just pick the brain of John Wooden sometime. Oh, I mean, I've read his amen. books. Amen. You're now you're t- now you're talking my talking my language. Yeah. I love his pyramid of success. Mm-hmm. I have used so many of his different attributes um, throughout my coaching career. Um, I can't tell you how many pregames that I modeled after his mm-hmm. pyramid of success. But, um, he he would be a, a tremendous interview. Add Any- Pat Summit to that for me. Yeah. There you go, Pat Summit. Oh, I, yes. I mean, I got to do a game that Pat Summit coached, so that was incredible. I had a, a player that played at Arkansas once, and and she was on her way. They were playing Tennessee, and I said, "Well, are you ready for tonight's game?" And she's like, "You know what's so incredible is I am in Pat Summit's scouting report," <laughs> 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 and she's like, "I think I've made it." <laughs> you know, I mean that, and that is uh, that would be an incredible, incredible interview. Um, and I think you know one of the thing you know one of the things that I think is also unique about um, what you two do is is that I oftentimes there's a clear play-by-play person there is a clear color analyst um you all seem to blend those roles um you know obviously there is someone that takes the lead and you know and talks about what is happening and and then someone you will you will discuss you know why it's happening um but how do you do a little bit of that blended style of play-by-play and color um is that just experience from working with each other probably yeah Yeah. just uh share the mic Mm -hmm. share the fun share the day share the game yeah and know that your role is a little bit different than it is if say i'm working with oh you know jim middleton on a on a missouri state basketball game well he's the he's the coach and he's gonna he knows that uh he's the analyst and uh, but in a situation with mike we we both kind of have to do that right you just uh, i've noticed that on your broadcast that you both kind of have that blended role and that's kind of fun all right so some of those stats how many um you have had called over 4,400 games, mm-hmm. and um, over 25% of them have been with Mike McClure. Uh, right at? Yes. Right at uh, 
three or four percent. Yeah, yeah thousand seven out of forty four hundred. And Jenny Hopkins is number seventeen on that list, I believe. You, indeed, you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to step up my game a little bit here. I'm gonna have to step it up a little bit. Now you're about 960 short of Mike right now, but <laughs> oh, but you are <laughs> 17th. <laughs> well, I will. I'm gonna. I want to kind of wrap up a little bit with a compliment um, to each of you. I was, um, and Mike, I'm gonna start with you. I, I was speaking with a friend of mine who listens to your Monette broadcast and your Mount Vernon broadcast, who's um, a high school fan in that area, and. Um, said, I've always wanted to meet him because he seems like a very um, gentle soul that brings energy to sports, which what a great compliment. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to share that on the air. And and she said that that would be fine. Please do. But I, what do you think about someone that is listening that doesn't know you, that that's one of the things that they, they get from your broadcast? That's a nice compliment. I hope I'm approachable. I always have been. I mean, Pat me on the shoulder, say hi, introduce yourself. One of, one of the neatest things that ever happened to me, a, a mom came up to me before one of the games. This was a Mount Vernon game. And just, I'll, I'll change the name. I'll just say, Susie's stepdad will be listening tonight on Mountaineers.com. I said, oh, okay, is, is he working? Can't get to the game? Well, he's in the armed service. He's in Afghanistan. I'm in the, oh my. So I got his name when I did the starting lineups and, you know, read Susie's name as a you know, starter. And shout out to her stepdad, mentioned him by name, who's serving our country in the armed services. Thank you for your service. Hope you and everyone will return back soon. Almost a year ago to the day, I'm back doing a Mount Vernon game, and a gentleman I had never seen my entire life taps me on the shoulder, and he said, Hi, I'm Susie's stepdad, and I'm telling you the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That gives me chills. That's wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. to take the time to do that, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I hope I'm approachable. I always have been. I'm just... Just a kid from a small town in Monat who loves what I do and am blessed to do what I do. And if I've done a thousand of these with the guy to my left, I'm even happier. But that means there's 3,000 games we haven't done with I each know. other. That stinks. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hog him all the time. I try right? to. <laughs> right. Um, it, you've had, uh, out of, you know, Mike McClure is one partner. I have been one of those partners as well. How many other people have you worked with? What's the number? 160-some. 160. Yep. Holy moly. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yep. The statistics that, that Don West keeps is always very impressive. He knows what venue he has called at. Um, he even um, has it by attendance. He has it by um, in chronological order. Um, I just I think it's amazing, the statistics, and, and I love that uh, you are passionate enough about the sports that you call and the broadcast that you do to keep track of all of that. All fun stuff, man. Yeah. I don't know what else I'd do. <laughs> well, that's, that is my biggest compliment to you is the record-keeping and the historical aspect of you is fantastic. So thank you for being here tonight. You we bet. appreciate that. And, Mike, thank you so much for go, being here. Go Bears baseball. All right, we're gonna yeah, that's right. Go Bears baseball. We're gonna go into our post game talk, and then we'll throw it over to Art Haynes for some Bears um, baseball. So listen, longevity has many contributing variables. Talent, yes, that is one of them. My guests tonight have talent. Opportunity, yes, they both have plenty of opportunity. Being prepared, yes, the fact that Staples cannot keep elongated yellow notepads in stock says they are always prepared. Working hard is a variable. It is hard to find two harder working fellas. Passion for what you do. There is no doubt that we can take great pride in putting together quality broadcasts each time. And, of course, people trusted around you along the way help. So talent, opportunity, being prepared, working hard, and surrounding yourself with trusted and caring people will give you longevity. And that's what makes 
it worth it. Um, the elementary question, though, it is also fun. You want to have fun. And longevity will speak, um, will make it seem like the blink of an eye. And that's how champions do it. So as I remind you, as each and every week, uh, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.